okay, maybe I can work with some really solid B players with a good system who are solid people and great contributors. Um, they may never be your A player, but you can turn them into a B plus very easily using systems. You know, that A player, yeah, a few B players can can take the place of that A player real quick when we do it right, because I'm with you. I'm a firm believer in the fact that while, yeah, there's some folks that look like they're natural at this thing, they're probably natural because they practiced more than anybody else, and they've had the experience more than anybody else. But in reality, we can take the right person who's motivated to do well and wants to do well and has the opportunity and can learn. We can teach them the skills. We can teach them the knowledge about the product. We can teach them sales skills when there's a complete and consistent sales process. I think you hit the nail on the head. The business of sales is sometimes harder than actually making the sale in the first place. See, you're not only a professional salesperson, you're a business owner. But the focus always seems to be on sales. Well, we're here to help you. I've been in the sales world and training sales professionals for over four decades. My name's Morris Sims. I've seen some great salespeople fail because they didn't run their business very well. Well, we're going to share success concepts and interview some great entrepreneurs who are going to help you in your business. Welcome to the business of sales. To sales, it is important to have the right leadership in place because, golly gee, we all got to be on the same page. We all have to be moving in the same direction. And it helps if we're all kind of, you know, pulling in the same rope and pulling in the right direction. So, with that, it requires a good sales leader. Melanie French is with us here today. And Melanie is our guest, and she is a fractional sales leader. And I'm so glad to have you here on the show on the business of sales. Melanie, thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm super excited to, to be a part of the show today. Oh, that's great. Thank you for being here. Hey, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get involved in sales in the first place? And uh, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so I was in the corporate world um, in sales as an individual contributor early on in my career. Um, early, Pretty quickly, I learned that I wanted to be in leadership and mm -hmm. um, was able to, to jump into leadership with my company back then. Went on that journey for many years and we were bought by a private equity firm probably I don't know 10 or 12 years into my my journey and things just shifted quite a bit with the the company and and where things were at and I decided that I needed to make a change in what I was doing and mm -hmm. ultimately landed on um, jumping into business for myself and starting on this entrepreneurship journey and launching a fractional sales leader business so that's a quick background <laughs> that's okay. That's great. That tells us what we need to know. Hey, things change in the corporate world, and it's probably changing faster and more often today than it ever has in the past. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. More now than ever with the layoffs going on in the tech space yeah. and just in general, the world has evolved significantly since COVID. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Well, tell us a little more. I think this is probably the first time I've heard somebody say they are a fractional sales leader. What does that mean to you? What's the business model you're in? Tell us what this, tell us what it's all about, Melanie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So fractional leadership in general is, is a relatively new thing out in the world. Um, I think in, in business and, and it's the sales leader fits into this as well, but 
at its core, it's allowing small to mid-sized businesses that wouldn't normally hire a high-level executive leader in a role simply because of the cost, and it just doesn't make sense for the size business that they have. But they can benefit from the things that that particular position would do. So in there's a lot of fractional CFOs out there um, that work, you know, a part-time CFO that, that work for many companies, very yeah. similar concept with the sales leader. So I'm working with businesses that wouldn't usually hire a full-time VP of sales um, because they don't have enough salespeople or mm -hmm. they're just not big enough to, for that full-time, you know, yeah. multi-six figure hire to make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So if I've got uh, a small sales team and I'd like to have somebody lead that team on a regular basis, we could bring you in and you'd spend some time learning our business and how to help our salespeople individually and then be able to do that without having to be engaged with us and our business uh, 12 hours a day, six days a week. <laughs> right? That makes sense. That makes sense. What do you do when you go in and you, you've got a new sales team that you're dealing with? Where do you begin, Melanie, with, with helping and guiding that sales team? Yeah, so for me, I'm, I'm definitely looking at things from a very holistic point of view. A lot of times the focus is on, oh, I want to improve sales, or I have a problem with a salesperson, or any of those things. But when you really dig into it, it it's usually a, you're looking at a lot of the processes, potentially the product, the systems. Um, around how they're selling and, and around sales in the organization. And so I'm usually, I'm typically starting with um, an audit or a, a really in-depth evaluation of all things related to their sales process, their sales strategy, the tech that they use, that could be a CRM system, um, mm -hmm. but then also getting into the people and how are we managing, like what's going on currently and you know, what are the gaps that are in the, in the organization that they need to bridge in order to ultimately achieve whatever goal that is that they're trying to achieve longer term. So in, a, in all of your experience in doing this, what sort of things do you find that are, are really most important that you begin to deal with with most teams? What, what's the biggest challenge they have out there today? One of the biggest challenges I see is a lack of a consistent sales process that is executed across all members of the sales team. Um, sometimes that a lot of times the owners are very involved in, in selling themselves and or the sales process to some degree. And the things that they do to sell and work for them typically don't translate to people that they hire. And so that's a really difficult gap to bridge um, without some sort of, you know, actionable fee or so without having someone kind of look at it from a different lens and put in, in some different pieces from a process standpoint so that people that are, are hired from the outside can actually be successful in the system. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes I've seen so many, uh, I, I don't want to necessarily call them natural salespeople, but, but folks that have, something going on within them and it's more than just charisma but it's you know it's this thing that they've got and not everybody's going to have that and it, it it truly is not transferable but it's it's fun to listen to it's fun to hear about so they get put on stages all the time i used to call them bright and shining stars a bright and shining star presentation is great it's fun 
I love listening to them. I really do. I could sit and listen to them talk all day long about all their wonderful successes and all the things that's going on. But it's not something that I can transfer to a skill or a set of knowledge that's going to help me when I get out of here, except that I feel real good and I'm excited about what I do because of what they were able to share on the stage. Do you do you find that to be a problem? Um, to some degree, yes. I think that a lot of times there are natural born salespeople. And one of the challenges I see a lot of times is businesses have one salesperson that's the sh that shining star that's on the stage and able to do things that others seemingly can't. Um, and so that's, I do see that challenge a lot. And a lot of it shifts back to documentation and like really getting on paper what's in their head or what they're speaking or, and putting it into a, a version or a format that someone can actually take in bite-sized pieces and execute against um, in a bit more tactical way than just kind of the, the feel good piece that's in front of you. A lot of that stuff can be taught to some, like the skills themselves, a lot of times for sales can be taught. Um, but there is a natural piece that sometimes is, you know, is, I don't, I don't want to say completely critical, but is definitely a, when you're talking a players, that piece is something that they have that others don't that, that ability to get on stage and do that. But that doesn't always translate into being able to teach others or put a process to something. They have a process in their head and it usually works. Um, but the, the truth is not everybody's going to be an A player and it doesn't mean you have to hire an A player to be successful. So the systems and processes allow you to shift the burden of that hire, hiring somebody that's considered A player into, okay, maybe I can work with some really solid B players with a good system who are solid people and great contributors, um, they may never be your A player, but you can turn them into a B plus very easily using systems. You know, that A player, yeah, a few B players can can take the place of that A player real quick when we do it right, because I'm with you. I'm a firm believer in the fact that while, yeah, there's some folks that look like they're natural at this thing, they're probably natural because they practiced more than anybody else and they've had the experience more than anybody else. But in reality, we can take the right person who's motivated to do well and wants to do well and has the opportunity and can learn. We can teach them the skills. We can teach them the knowledge about the product. We can teach them sales skills when there's a complete and consistent sales process. I think you hit the nail on the head. More to come right after this. Okay, you've heard me talk about a Lego. But you really need to understand this. It's, it's just amazing. Your buyers, your prospects, they want to work with sales professionals who know how to make the sales process relevant to them and their needs while still giving them the independence that they want so that they can navigate the buying journey on their own. Don't you find that to be the case? The buyers, the people, the prospects, they want to be in control. They want to navigate that journey themselves. Well, a Lego was built for this. Everything that we do is designed to help you both, your sales professionals and your prospects, have the experience that they want and need to be successful. With a Lego sales enablement, you can train your sales professionals with learning that's delivered in the flow of work and coach with practical insights from the field. You can equip those professionals with relevant content that's easy to find in the moment right when they need it.
and it allows them to connect sellers and buyers with personalized and convenient experience. Check out Allego.com and see for yourself. That's Allego.com, A-L-L-E-G-O.com. Give it a spin and schedule a demo for today. You know, and it's it's all documenting that and then making it such that we can can then train other people to come back and, and do that. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. I think the, the, the challenge most organizations have on the people front is they want to hire a person to fix all the process problems, but then they struggle to find the right fit to do that. And that's where a lot of failure occurs in, in sales and sales hiring because they think they're hiring this person that can is maybe the A player or can make all this stuff up, but in reality, they are challenge. There's a challenge in being effective at hiring someone to do that. So creating the process or system and then putting a person into the process that works is a much better recipe for success longer term. No, oh, I would agree completely. It, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine that. Uh, we were talking about this whole idea of the sales process and the fact that you got to have one and it should be basically they're, they're the same six steps, no matter what we're talking about, but what we say in the language we use, the words we use will be different, certainly in the different sales systems. But what we were talking about is the, the overriding mental you know, point of view, if you will, the mindset that one has to have to be a really good salesperson is to to really be the guy out there that's or the lady out there that's trying to solve problems if we can go out there and find out what the pro, what the client's problem is and then show them where our product solves that problem then it's not pushy it's not manipulative it's nothing else they're going to say hey where do i get that solution i need it is that about right yeah i absolutely agree with that i think i call that unique selling proposition you know what's the thing that you offer that solves the problem for for a prospect and and how does that how does that work and how do you communicate that and um that whole process of that conversation around like do you have a problem i can solve and, and helping figure that out is, is is definitely the way way to go when it comes to selling a product or service that has that that value add and true um, niche in the market. And it comes back down to having that conversation, right? Having that conversation, yep. asking the right questions and, and getting in there. What do you, do you have any favorite covers? I can't talk. Do you have any favorite questions that you like to use when you're in that sales presentation for the, the first time you're working with somebody to find out whether or not their problem is something we can solve? Yeah, I think one of my favorite ones um, that actually kind of comes at the end of a really a conversation, but um, what would make this a no? So after you've gone through that conversation and identified like, hey, they have problems that I think that our solution solved, really that follow-up question of what would make this a no really tells you a lot about where they're at and, and helps them think a bit critically about you know, what are the roadblocks potentially beyond, you know, beyond this conversation and what we're thinking today and, and forces them to think through that a little bit. Um, and, and so I've, I read, I learned, I can't even remember where I got that one from, but I picked it up and it's, I, I really liked it and I've been using it and in my own 
sales conversations, but um, as I work with clients on their processes, I think it's a great add to Absolutely. put in yeah. there. And yeah, yeah, we call that research, Melanie. It's not uh, it's not stealing, it's research. It's okay. It's right. That's for sure. I mean, it, there's nothing new under the sun and we've all we've all learned it from everybody else out there and we're still learning it from everybody else. So I think that's that's a worthwhile thing to do. If we learn from each other, we're going to do a hell of a lot better and if we're we're just trying to go out there and make it all up from uh, from the get-go, there's no doubt about that. You know, I, I just really believe that questions are so very, very important. It's it's so much more about me learning about my prospect and what their problem is than it is me presenting myself or my company or my solution. The, the more I can build a relationship and learn about them, the more I'm going to be able to speak in their language, the more I'm going to be able to relate to their problem and then help them solve their problem. And it just... I don't know. In my opinion, that just feels and, and works a whole lot better. Yeah. Sales is all about problem solving. If you're not in it to help, I mean, the ultimate goal is to help provide a solution to whatever that particular challenge is um, in that prospect based on whatever, you know, product or service you're selling. I think there's a lot of sales out there that are, I'm going to call them more commodity based, you know, people have to have them or, um, and then you get into the the price war and it's, you know, a little bit of a, a race to the bottom in that sense. But if you're truly positioning yourself with a value add solution to a problem, you know, it's absolutely you are sales is a helping profession. Yeah, I, I, I truly do not know how folks that are in a commodity business do it and, and can really be successful. I, I just don't know. I, you know, when it when it's always going to come down to okay, great. Um, I need to talk to five other people that sell the exact same thing for a similar price to decide which one I'm going to go with. It's like, I, I have no, no more anything I can, can give them to help them choose me over anybody else, except my relationship and my personality, which is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that, but it just, okay. it's got to be hard. Yeah. It's a tough business. My, my corporate career was based in a bit of a, I would call it a commodity sale. We were in wholesale apparel. Um, and we commonly heard the like, so-and-so's two cents cheaper than you on, I mean, on a t-shirt type. I mean, it, it was crazy. And so we did spend a lot of time working on the relationship piece, but also trying to differentiate, um, you know, on some service factors and other things, but it was still, um, you definitely got commoditized in that space. And it was, it was, it was, a hard, not really a hard sale. So to, it was just a hard world to live in yeah, um, because yeah. it was, because the consumer commoditized it so much. And it's one of the things that I loved about selling life insurance was the life insurance product has to be approved by the individual state in which it's being sold. And that limits their sets. Really the, the company sets it and the state approves it. Once that's done, I can't change the premium. I have no control over that whatsoever. That was something that I, I could get real comfortable with because there's no negotiation. I am not a confrontational kind of guy. I am not a negotiator. I don't do that well at all. So for me, getting getting into getting into the commodity world would be very difficult. But boy, howdy, it all boils down to building relationships everywhere else. And that's something that I think we can all do. Uh, in fact, we can all learn how to do it and we can do a better job of it. 
Yeah, I think relationships are important, um, but definitely the how you build the relationship. Are we building it on, you know, value and trust, or mm -hmm. are we just trying to get someone to like us? Oh, so okay. I think there's, no. there's definitely a differentiator there. Um, I think some salespeople get into the, they have a need for approval and they want to be liked um, by their prospect or client. And so they, they make concessions or do things that maybe aren't necessarily in the, the best interest of the company or the salesperson themselves um, simply because they want to earn that likability factor. But the reality is when you're selling a true solution to a problem like you want to be viewed as a, a trusted and credible source not necessarily sure you want to be liked but being trusted a trusted advisor and having you know being seen as a credible solution to the problem is going to earn you more business than just being liked from a relationship standpoint yeah we used to call it consultative sales i want to be a consultant yep. for you i want to help you figure out what it is you need, and then I'll help you find a solution for it. And hopefully it's going to be something that I can provide. If not, I'll help you find it from somewhere else. Uh, my job is to help you get what you want. And when that's the case, then we're in pretty good shape. But, but yeah, I agree with you on the relationship side. It's not about being liked. It's about being respected and about being uh, needed from a credibility standpoint. It's, it's like in the old, olden days, used to be taught. Now, when you walk in, sit down and look at all the pictures on his desk and all the pictures that she's got up on the wall and, you know, talk to her about her family and the three kids and, you know, what do you do and what do you do? You like softball? Yeah. All this kind of stuff is, you know, okay. So there's some commonality there and maybe we'll, we'll touch on some commonality, but my word, this is not about, you know, being phony. Or, or trying to put yourself out there as something you're not. If you're not sincere in the sales world, then people are going to see right through it and they're not going to want to do business with you. Would you agree? Yeah, especially when you're looking at anything that's higher ticket. You know, if you're selling something that's, you know, solution oriented with a higher price tag, you know, that, that credibility and ability to ask, you know, diagnostic questions and really understand the problem. Um, as part of the sales process is is really key in, you know, creating raving fan customers down the road. Yeah, I tell you, it's it's uh, it's really part of the deal. And the interesting thing to me is that you can teach people these things. And if they practice them and they get coaching, then they can learn how to do that. I, uh, you probably know our sponsor on the show is Alego. And they have a sales enablement platform that provides an opportunity just exactly for that, where you, uh, you you basically can have somebody, you know, 100 miles away, record their sales process, upload it, you look at it and can add coaching to it right off the bat. And then they can take that and try it again and do better the next time around. That process of coaching and and practice is what usually gets most of us to be better at, at whatever skill we're trying to learn. So I, I just love that part of, of their system, but you know, sales enablement stuff is, is helpful. Do you find that most folks have some kind of platform like that, some kind of a, a system to train their salespeople? In the businesses that I work with, no. Mm -hmm. um, usually they have some variation of stuff on a spreadsheet. Um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. an ERP type system, um, or they're using QuickBooks, 
Um, but typically, if they have a CRM, they've struggled to really put it into good use and really make like maximize the things that they're doing with it. A lot of times it's an information repository that the couple of sales reps that are using it hate, um, or they just find it to be not like it's just data entry and there's not really a lot of value coming out of it done right. You can take that data and automate things and make efficiencies in the process and take manual tasks off any salespeople's plates, admin plates, whatever. Um, but I think that usually that, that piece is a, has not been figured out for most of the companies that I'm working with. And it's, it's amazing when you do keep that data and you, you've got a place to look at it and you know, the score, because the score gets better whenever you keep score. Uh, 100% you know, on that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, if I'm keeping score, who, how many people I'm seeing, how many times they're choosing to buy my product, I know what's going on and, and I can take that down deeper and figure out, you know, the types of people, the demographic, all those good things that we could talk about for the next hour. When you do keep score, the score gets better. When you have that data to analyze, then you know what part of that process you need to work on to get better at what you do all day long. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Tell you what, Melanie, I could talk about sales and, and sales process for the rest of the day, but I know uh, you have other things you need to do, but I'd like to to just kind of wrap it up here and thank you for being on the business of sales. Really appreciate your insight. Yeah, I appreciate the being here and glad to provide some insight. That's great. And everybody else out there, y'all go out and make it a great week. Have a good time. Enjoy what you do because it it is what we do and we spend more time generally in, in business than we do with our family. So, hey, enjoy what you do because when you enjoy it, people want to work with you and more things, more good things begin to happen. Have a great week and I'll see you again next time right here on The Business of Sales.